What we do in life echoes in eternity. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Officer, you need to repent of your lawless conduct. You don't know the law, and yet you pretend to represent it. That's not law enforcement, sir. That's being a thug. We will not stop fighting and bothering you all until this monstrous, barbaric practice of legalized abortion ends and we are teaching our children to do the same. God's word says that the shed blood of innocent humans cries out for justice and mark my words, they will have their day in court. Nobody gets saved by being treated nicely. They get saved by hearing the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. If we don't open our mouths and commend Christ, we're not loving Him, no matter what we're doing with our hands. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise and be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. That's Psalm chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. What is going on, everybody? You just tuned into the best podcast that's ever existed. It's true. Um, in all of creation <laughs> called Provoked. So I'm here. I'm Zach, and this is my sister, Desi. Hello. And this is actually my brother-in-law, Don. How's it going, brother? Good, good. And just so everyone knows, I am, by default, like your number one fan. Oh, yeah, thank course. you. Got my if beautiful you wife like, here. You better be. Yeah, she would <laughs> just divorce you if you were. So, you know. Hey, you know, we're going to get back to you in just a second. Yeah. But um, if you never tuned in to Provoked, uh, we named it Provoked because we want to provoke the church. Um, it's, it's a biblical term. It really means to stir the church up the best that you can um, to do what we ought to be doing. And that is really kind of... Um, uh, definitional and kind of three points with us. It's preach the gospel, rescue babies, and defend the faith. And so we want to, of course, not ever replace the local church. We just want to supplement what the local church is doing, coming coming alongside of our brothers and sisters and saying, hey, let us help you know what the true gospel is. Let us help you um, know what true biblical evangelism is. Mm -hmm. And also, let us help you get out there and rescue babies. So I guess the question people ask, and people I just ask it to you guys, Mm -hmm. is why do we focus on child murder? You know, there's so many other things that we could be doing. Why is that such a focal point to our ministry, especially at Apologia? Yeah, you want me to answer? Sure, yeah. You both take a crack at it. I think you asked me that last time. So I'm gonna pass it over to my handsome husband. Cool. Oh yeah, it's it's the is the the issue of our lifetime that we're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. You know, with the number of babies that are being murdered every single day. You know, the, the church has got to be the central focal point of that, mm-hmm. and going to to bring the gospel and demanding that these image bearers of God are 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 being rescued. And I think we've seen that through his history of the Christian church, you know, where, where God's, God's people have, have always stepped out in that effort to, to care for their neighbor, to love for their neighbor and to, to rescue those who are being brought to slaughter as his word says. So that's, 
that's our goal. I mean, this is this is the top issue right now in our in our nation. This is why our nation is is headed in the direction it's heading because of the bloodshed of the innocent babies uh, upon this land. And um, if we don't, you know, what then? Right. You know, where does this nation lead further into depravity uh, than it's already going? So the church has got to be uh, at the, at the front line. That's good, man. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. I mean, when uh, innocent blood is spilled, the Bible says it affects the very land. You know, right. it, it stains, it ruins a nation when innocent blood. You could you could track that all throughout the scriptures. Rusty Thomas, of course, has his uh, sermon "Blood Guiltiness," which mm-hmm. I know that you guys have listened to. If you have not listened to "Blood Guiltiness," you have to look that up on YouTube. So we're on YouTube. You're looking at us right now. You just go up right there into the search box and put in "Blood Guiltiness," Rusty Thomas. And listen to that. That is a life-changing sermon. Of course, everything within that is biblical, and it really focuses on what happens when we shed the blood of innocence. It wrecks and ruins everything. And, of course, we're, I would say, and I would argue, that we're in the the state that we are in the nation, number one, because of the neglect of the church. The church is, is being derelict in its duty to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we because we're not being salt and light, of course, then babies continue to die and innocent blood is being shed. So I think you're exactly right. So what we would ask you to do, and we ask you to do it every single time, is go to apologiastudios.com and just sign up to be an all-access member. Um, It's so important to do that. You're going to learn so much rich and important information from so many different experts and so many different fields, sermons, debates, um, you know, teaching you how to mow your lawn yeah nope (laughs) Uh, no i mean teaching street evangelism yeah everything you need to know about life so whatever question you have about any topic (laughs) my mind always goes somewhere inappropriate sorry (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's awesome um go do that now (laughs) yeah but when you do that you become an all-access member you're going to support the work here at apology of students and we've got uh, we put a tremendous amount of money and effort into making this happen so that we can be a blessing to the church and help you do uh, accomplish really what the Lord would have you to accomplish. So um, don't only be a taker. Um, there's a very consumeristic mentality within mm-hmm. the Christian church. Sometimes we just go in and consume and just go about our business when we really need to only um, consume and actually be a receiver of, of all that we have. And, of course, is the whole purpose of Apologia Studios. Mm-hmm. But give back in the form of your prayers and your financial uh, help that will help us keep going. Yeah, that's cool. Right. So we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't. I guess they're going to see this in in the future. Two weeks. Yeah, in the future. But um, right. Yeah, I just got off the phone with a mom who is contemplating murdering her baby. Mm. Yeah, and her name is C. Uh, I think she might actually. I encouraged her to come do our stuff on on YouTube, and she was really receptive. So. Um, you know, our people, Janice and others, were at Camelback Family Planning today, or I think it may have been yesterday. Mm-hmm. Today's Wednesday. And uh, Janice was just pleading and pouring her heart out. And thankfully, she gave Janice her information, was, which is like a huge step to get to in building yeah. a conversation and trying to, you know, work through the process of helping a mom make the right decision not to kill her baby. So I'm mm-hmm. um, so thankful for Janice and the other laborers out there that they actually got to that point. So they got her message or sorry they got her information texted her and then i just talked to her about an hour ago for a a large part of time just you know pleading with her and you know 
revealing to her what they're not going to reveal to her at the, the clinic. Of course, they're not going to tell her the truth. Right. Yeah. They're just going to feed her with a bunch of lies and misinformation and bad science and all that. So we just walked through the scriptures. So you're super receptive. And she said, you know, uh, you know, I, I, there was a point where I said, hey, we'll adopt your baby. How many families are on standby? Oh, Literally, yeah. not only an apology, it say it's extended out to all of our networks and the people that we know and all the messages that we have coming in saying, hey, I'll adopt your baby. Literally, probably 50 families would yeah. adopt her baby right and now. And would be like f fighting, like who would get the baby? Yeah, you know? fist fighting each other to mm, get this baby. Right. <laughs> you know, passionately <laughs> wanting this baby. That would happen immediately. Yeah. And she said this, she said, it's, it's so weird, you know. She said, I would rather, I would rather, that's my baby. How could I ever give it over to another family? Mm. So I, I told her, I said, hey, it's infinitely better for you to give this baby over to adoption than rather than allow them to tear your baby apart. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. or take a pill that will kill your baby or have them inject the baby. So it's right. it's just amazing the confusion because she's, she's just not looking at it as her baby. And so I just kept on saying, hey, you're not going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. You have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. You have a baby at this yeah. very moment because yep. she thinks she'll have a baby at the moment of birth. Right. But she's a mother of a baby right now. Exactly. So she she understood. She didn't really buck back as far as like defending herself. And, you know, she I, th I think she was super receptive. So, yeah. you know, we got a whole bunch of people, hundreds and hundreds of people are praying for her right now. So yeah. I'm just praying she makes that that right decision. Yeah. yeah, we'll be praying for her. And then we got another question from yeah. uh, from one of our listeners. Exactly. He is, his name is Dennis, and he wrote us this, or he sent us this question. He says, what is a practical way to trust in the Lord? Can't we have self-confidence if we trust, fully trust in him? I struggle with this a little bit, so I'm really grateful if this question is getting answered. God bless you guys. So thanks so much for that question bro and we will do our best to answer it so do you guys have any thoughts right off the bat um well first i just wanted to say thank you to everybody that even listens to our show right like there's millions of podcasts and people spend time with us so thank mm -hmm. you guys and thank you for questions like this um i'll let you go ahead and take cool it yeah. yeah i think this is uh, you know i think the, at the heart of this question um is can i be self-confident as a christian you know, because you, you, you know, you look it out, you look out in the world and, um, you know, you look at an athlete who just like, you know, knocks a guy out and he wins a great big prize. And so he's, what does he say? I believed in myself, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? And so people equate success with self-confidence. If only you believed in yourself, if only you were self-confident, if only you had a high sense of self-esteem. So I think what we're trying to do is merge that into a biblical understanding of confidence. Now, trusting and faith are pretty much synonymous terms. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, so he's asking, what is a practical way to trust in the Lord? It's almost as if he's saying, what is a practical way to put my faith in the Lord? Mm. And so what we would say off the bat is that faith is a gift. Ephesians chapter two says faith is a gift. It's something granted to us. Mm -hmm. So God, by his grace and his mercy, selects those he's going to be saved and here comes the comments. <laughs> um, he does do that. I think that's a biblical understanding of soteriology, the way that God saves people. He says, you're mine, and here's a new heart, and here's new spiritual life. And this heart now that was programmed to disobedience in sin, that was at enmity with God. Now, this new heart is the antithesis of that stony heart. It's a new heart. Now it has faith. 
and it trusts God and it wants to obey the law of God, wants to obey the word of God, loves God, loves his people. So I think that faith and that trust really flows out of this heart that God has given you. Mm-hmm. Right. But the Bible also says in Romans ten seventeen, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we're to have confidence, which faith and confidence are synonymous terms too. If we are to have trust and faith and confidence, it flows out of really the fueling of ourselves with the word of God on a daily basis. Or you're not going to be a confident Christian and you're not going to put your trust in God through whatever situation you're going through. You're not going to put faith in him apart from your constant ingestion of the word of God into your life. It's not going to happen. And I think too, just, you know, are we seeking our own will or are we seeking his will, right? Are we looking to ourselves to walk out our lives? Are we truly looking to see what's God's will and are we joining in there in that, right? Yeah, that's good. And that we're having uh, confidence in his will for our life, not looking at ourselves going, you know, I'm going to guide myself in this direction, but we're not seeking God's word. We're not praying. We're not, you know, uh, making sure that we're in line with, with what he's doing. Right. Um, you know, confidence in, in self is, you know, I think that can get really kind of muddy there, you know, and, and really all, we find our confidence in, in, in Christ and him alone. And, and are we, are we seeking, seeking that, you know, in his word and, and through prayer. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the big, and I was going to kind of circle back to that is, can we be self-confident? Yeah. Cause did you see that, um, that debate with pastor Jeff and Cy with the atheists right. and like that, that pivotal moment where Cy Tim Brindicate says, you have confidence, confidence, con means with fide, with faith, with right? Faith. Yeah. And exactly. it's like the thug life part where it was just like the most <laughs> awesome part of the whole debate. Right. Do you remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I and love I, that. And as we were talking about this, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to add this, like, we, I feel like we could have the ultimate confidence because we have Christ, right? We can have the the supreme confidence in that, like Ephesians 2, he's created us for good works, you know, that he prepared before the foundations of the earth. So yeah. uh, I feel like we can have the ultimate confidence as long as it's placed in the right place you know it's in the right place it's in christ yeah because we can we can have a lasting confidence and Mm -hmm. ultimate confidence because of our surety and what we know to be true about who god is and so you know you think about these guys who say well i you know i accomplished this great feat you know i uh because of my self-confidence and the source of their confidence is in their own abilities well here's the thing what happens and we see it all the time when they get older and those gifts that they once had that got them to a place of stardom or accomplished some great uh, success story for them. What happens when that goes away? Their confidence goes away, right? And they're broken and lost. So ultimately, uh, for, I don't think self-confidence is synonymous um, or is somehow compatible with the Christian life. No, we are not confident in self, right? right? The Bible says, don't even trust your own heart, right? Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. don't even trust self. Self is the problem most of the time. It's not something that we look to, to build our confidence. So we could be confident. There's a lot of guys, I'm around a lot of heavy hitters Mm -hmm. all the time. Pastor Jeff and Pastor James Mm -hmm. and these incredibly confident men, Mm -hmm. like capable men who are gifted mm -hmm. and accomplishing so much. But I, I believe a huge part of that and I know this to be true about Pastor Jeff is his trust in the Lord. Yeah. Right. You know, he is confident in who God is in him. Right. So I believe that we will be, our confidence is really in proportion to how much we know God 
and are trusting in who he That's is and right. what he says about himself and everything else. Mm -hmm. That's where ultimate supprme confidence comes out of. Right. right. Yeah. That was a good question. I yeah, like it was awesome. One. Yeah, that is something that uh, I think a lot of Christians struggle with. Can I be self-confident? Man, I want to be successful. And what does that mean to be a Christian? But yeah, balancing that with humility and, like you said, not not putting it in our own efforts or strength, but in Christ alone. Right, because if we look internally and self is the source. Yeah. Our heart's deceitful above all else. Oh, exactly. So, if self is yeah. the source of confidence, you're in trouble right. when self lets you down, which of course it will. And that's what the, time. the culture around us wants to promote is just like, believe in yourself, Disney, and you, know, you can be a, yeah. a cricket. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> thinking of Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, he you could know. be a cricket if, if you, you wish upon a star. Yeah. Uh -huh. Which is wrong. Yeah. yeah. You can be whatever you want. <laughs> can I be a goose? We or? were just talking about this in a, a ladies group on Monday about like things that trigger reformed people. <laughs> and like one of them is like if we go, I remember like if we go out to a store or something and uh, this always happens if we're out like at a mall or something and uh, like Liam will one time he like bumped into somebody and he's like uh oh excuse me and somebody said oh you're good you're good little dude and then he just slowly looked at me he's like no one's good <laughs> and i'm like hmm, yeah true <laughs> no one's good but god alone reformed trigger <laughs> <laughs> we should go through those one of the shows i know Let's that'd be fun yeah but well this is going to be a good episode i mean we have my very favorite person in the whole world here and the best looking guest we've had. Sorry to all of our other guests, but he's the best. All of them are like, hmm. <laughs> he's a good looking guy. Yeah. Go here, come in there. yeah. He hates that. But, um, all but right. no, I'm so thankful for him. And uh, I'll probably have to bow out for a little bit of this because our kiddos are here in the back. And so we've got um, our niece watching them, but the baby. Yeah, you've heard me. of Family Integrated Church. We're a family integrated podcast. Mm -hmm. right. That's May right. Maybe the first ever. I know. I yeah. don't know. I, maybe not. Out of millions of podcasters, probably other people that. Yeah, that's have their just the way on. that we roll. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really important topic. Something that I think a lot of Christians kind of shy away from, because uh, just from kind of false ideas of where Christians should bring the gospel and where they shouldn't, um, that aren't rooted in biblical truth, but kind of come from other tradition and yeah. you know. People think that, well, anyways, we'll get into that of like why Christians sometimes shy away from getting into oh, sure. the political realm. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about, kind of the heart, and of course, we're going to bring Don in in just a, a few moments here, is Christians in politics. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, should Christians be involved in politics? Answer, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we want to get Christians in positions of power so that they can... Um, do their best to live according to God's word. And uh, I'm going to let Don kind of explain that. But I mean, here we go with this common quote that says, you know, as goes the church, as goes the nation. Mm -hmm. And then you can back that up. A lot of people says, as goes the family, as goes the church, as goes the nation. I think as the pulpits, as goes the pulpits, so goes the family, right. so goes the church, so goes the nation. Okay. Right. And so what we need to do is we need to get Christians in a place of being salt and light, just something that we're commanded to be, cities on a hill, mm -hmm. right? Not putting our light under a bushel, but affecting change in the marketplace right. and getting in places of power. Because if we don't get in places of power as Christians, then the ungodly will. Right. And of course, they will enact, as we see, unrighteous decrees 
that do not bless a nation, but tear it down piece by piece. Right. right. And so I know a lot of you Christians out there are thinking, well, what does that mean? How do I get involved? You know, how can I affect change? And how can I aspire to a place of political power or a position of political service? Is really, that's the best way to say it. Right. Not political power. It's how can right. I become servant in the political realm, putting God's uh, standards and will and word as my ultimate before everything else. Right. And so that's what we're doing, going to do today. So we brought Don on and we want him, you know, what I want to hear from you, brother, is kind of um, your testimony, how God saved you and um, what he's doing in your life now and what you're going to aspire to do. So, yeah, sure. Kick for it sure. Off. Thank you again for, for having me on. And yeah, testimony, um, you know, I, I grew up in a in a very, very difficult home, home life. My parents were um, divorced at when I was five years old. So, uh, the household was, um, you know, uh, just a difficult household to grow up in. Um, you know, where we didn't grow up in a Christian home at all. My parents were separated, uh, divorced when I was five and my mom soon, uh, thereafter remarried and we were living in Southern California, LA area. And we ultimately moved up to the high desert, just North of LA moved around, quite a bit and ultimately settled in the high desert up there. Um, you know, fast forward through a very challenging, you know, family, family life, you know, was always full of anger and violence and hurt. And my, my siblings, they had gone through similar, uh, issues with, you know, a lot of lack of the, of the father figure in the home. Um, and, and through all that, I was, you know, I, I started to get resentment and hurt and not understanding why my parents couldn't be together and, and why my dad wasn't there and, you know, never really bonded with my, my mom's, uh, uh, husband, my stepdad at the time. And, um, just a very, very difficult childhood. And I kind of grew up like a, like a lone, you know, a only child because my, my, my brothers and sisters were a lot older than me. So by the time I was seven, eight years old, they, they were already out of the house and, and either that or just rebelling and they were, they were never home. Um, and about when I was 11 years old, my, my mom, uh, uh, and, and my stepdad got separated. He left, actually left her, um, pretty much, uh, left us homeless. We lost everything. Um, uh, my mom was living out of her car and instead of keeping me in the car, she went next door across the street to the neighbor who we really didn't know I mean we you know played with them a few times as kids but we you know we didn't we weren't didn't know them well as a family they were just neighbors and she went out over to them in desperation and said hey you know I'm I'm in a very very difficult spot can you you know take my son in and um, you know they did and you know come to find out they're a Christian family um, you know very strong Christian family uh, started going to church with them um, and was introduced to the gospel at that point early in my life. Um, still struggling, right? I, I, wouldn't, I wasn't saved at that time, but, you know, obviously God was working through, through this, this family that was gracious enough to bring me into their home. Um, lived with them for about a year and then um, tried to attempt to, to go down uh, and live with my dad. Um, because it was still wasn't settling for my mom. She was still in a, a really difficult, difficult spot. Couldn't take me in. Went down with, um, to see him and tried to, uh, you know, talk him into taking me, which sounds so 
weird, right? You know, yeah. like, but it just was what it was. And, and ultimately they said, no, you, you can't stay here. And so back up to my hometown and another family within that same church that, that we were going to took me under their wing. And I stayed with them for almost two years for a good part of my first part of high school. Um, and then ultimately got back with my mom and crazy thing was she took her ex-husband back into the house after he left us and brought us through all of that. Um, and so there was a ton of anger there for me. I couldn't understand why that had happened and a lot of rebellion, a lot of lashing out on my part, just super hurt and just angry, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then you fast forward, you know, I, I, I graduate high school. Um, I knew I didn't want to stay in the desert and, um, told myself I'd never come back to the desert, but here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am in the 110 degree heat here in Arizona. But anyways, so went into the Marine Corps right out of high school. I had a little bit of time in college, in a junior college, but then just jumped right into the Marine Corps and moved down to San Diego to go to boot camp there. Um, spent just over seven years in, in the Marine Corps and, and got out, loved San Diego, uh, didn't want to go back to the desert. Um, and so I took my GI Bill and, and started going to college, making plans to, to pursue my, my college career but everything from from the point you know from the point when I left the care of those families to to my adulthood there was there was no fruit of regeneration at all I wasn't saved I, I would have called myself a Christian but um, it just there wasn't I was living in darkness loving my sin um, you know just loving the world and, and, and everything in it that, and so I wasn't I wasn't saved but ultimately um, went to college, was working multiple jobs uh, to take myself through school, um, and started working at, at Nordstrom as, as one of my jobs, and, and that's where I met, met Des, mm-hmm. and, and we uh, started dating at the time, and ultimately getting married, you know, uh, not, not too long thereafter, but um, went through a lot, and during that, that time period, um, got married to her, and our first, you know, first few years of our marriage was a rough rough time we weren't saved we were both both living in sin and um ultimately um my brother here uh started a church and uh had asked us if we can you know go to church and attend and 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 to help out he invited us obviously he's you know talking to us about this all through through our marriage but ultimately started his church and invited us to go and and we did. I know I'm reluctantly we we moved forward in that effort and um, started going, but it yeah, was because we were like we're Christians, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, but we but at the same yeah. time we're like we didn't we, we don't want to give up our Sunday morning. Like yeah. why you know I mean Cause we were, right because we yeah because we were out Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but by God's grace, we you know we started going and we were attending every Sunday and and um, you know through the faithful preaching of the gospel, God just ultimately. Uh, showed me uh, exactly who I was before him and uh, his holiness and that I'm just a sinner in need of a savior and and broke me in about 2009 um, is when I would say the Lord rescued me from my my uh, plight of destruction mm-hmm. and um, for me it was a pretty pretty drastic change I would say right away um, it seemed like almost overnight that my my life was completely changing, you know, um, 
and it began to uh, affect our marriage in a, in a massively positive way, right? And and um, I think Des would say that she, you know, came to the Lord sh- shortly thereafter. Yeah. But um, things have never looked the same. Uh, you know, God rescued us, and we were faithful in serving that 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 city on a hill there. And though the church was only open for, you know, f- five years or so, maybe a little bit more than that, it was really just again the faithful preaching of the gospel from the pulpit. It was the leadership from the pulpit that really got us into the abortion uh, fight, got mm-hmm. us into going out and evangelizing, you know, mm-hmm. things that, you know, as a young Christian, I remember when when uh, Pastor Zach uh, first brought up going out and sharing the faith, you know, and I, I just remember thinking to myself, I, I can never do that. Yeah. How, how can I get out and do that? There's just no way. Like, you, you want me to go out to the public to talk to people about Jesus, but... And then through one of his sermons, I remember him just saying, you know, if we truly believe, if we're truly saved, if we're truly rescued and believe the gospel and that Jesus is, you know, the only hope for mankind, how could we, how could we not do that? We'd be, we'd be hating those people uh, to the utmost if we didn't share the glorious gospel with them. And it, that just floored me. It convicted me so bad to, to say, wow, I mean, that's right. I mean, I, I, I can't not not do this, you know. Yeah. And slowly but surely, we started going out, and, and the Lord really started, um, you know, blessing us through that and, and, and giving us the courage to go out. And the more we did, the more we learned. And again, just trusting on the Lord and just being faithful and, and bringing the gospel to the lost. And yeah. it just grew and grew and grew. And we just... Do you guys we, remember we, doing Way of the Master at your house? Yeah, Way of the Master. We went through Way of the Master series. That was that was pivotal and all of that. And um, One time, I just a short interruption... In 2006, he had, you know, uh, Ray Comfort had come out with Way of the Master. That's when it was really gaining popularity. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I brought it to my church, and I, I swore, I'm like, hey, I'm going to teach you guys how to do this. And I had just, you know, um, been studying how to do it. And so I'm like, okay, guys, let's go. And people came in. It was like 105 people that wanted to go through it. Yeah, as you go through the course, the final part is you got to actually go. Yeah. And there was four people. And this was at like a big church you were going to. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, a, a pretty good sized church. Yeah. But it just goes to show you that, you know, people struggle with the same thing you're struggling with. Just yeah. the, uh, sure. the ability to get out there and really put feet to your faith right. yeah. and do it. But, yeah. And like to answer, you know, to go along with the question that was asked earlier at the, sh- at the start of the show, you know, that, that we're not putting our trust in ourselves to do that. We can't. Yeah. Right. We don't. There's nothing in our own power that's going to save somebody. It's the gospel that saves, and we just got again. We got to be faithful to stepping out and um, sharing the gospel with others, and letting God do the work, mm-hmm. you know, and and resting in that, and having having the peace in that, and the, right. and and, um, and just being faithful in that calling. Right. Um, so ultimately, right, um, you know, during that time at City on a Hill, um, that's when the time you had gone to the the Shepherds Conference, and and where Rusty had spoken and that's, uh, or another separate conference, Herald Society. Herald Society. Yeah. And I remember you coming back from that and it was, I mean, that was one of the first things you said, we, we, we got to get into this fight, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we gotta, we gotta start going out to the abortion mill. Um, and, and through that, through your leadership that we did, we, we followed and got out there and started to go and, um, really just started to see, um, the, the realities of abortion, right? Because it wasn't, I mean, it was something we, we 
talked about, we knew about, but right, how do you put feet? Again, we're talking about how do you put feet to 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 that calling? What does that mean for Christians to go and and I remember the first time going out as like you know again it was a, a you know you're you're just kind of stunned like you you're asking me to go out to front of abortion mill to hold signs and to tell others not to to kill their child and you know you're just like okay here we go mm-hmm. you know, Lord just help us we're going to be faithful in stepping out and and we did and and you know we we've uh, we've been in that fight ever since you know yeah. but really it comes from exactly what you said I think for me it really just started. At, at the pulpit, the leadership of our church, you know, uh, that the sheep are going to follow uh, the shepherd. And so it, it began in that effort. And, and ultimately, you know, uh, God and his sovereignty brought us out here to Apologia. And, and you know, um, we, we moved out here about three and a half years ago. Um, and in the back of my mind, thinking about what does it mean? You know, how do we, we're out here fighting this fight on the front line at the abortion mill, but and then we started to understand that there's there's other aspects to this spiritual warfare, right? There's other battlefronts that need to be fought as well as the front line mm-hmm. at the abortion mill, like politics. How do we change law to to you know abolish abortion? How, how does all that work? Mm-hmm. And I I mean it was always in the back of our minds mm-hmm. as we've been going through that and, and getting to know people that have been into the fight, but we really couldn't put again, legs on it. How does that, what does that mean for the, the average Christian? What does that mean for us? Mm-hmm. How is God calling us in that effort? You know? And so it wasn't until we got here to the church and I think we have been so blessed by, by the elders here and, and their faithfulness to God's word and, and digging into what it means uh, for, for the gospel of the kingdom. You know, and I remember Jeff, Pastor Jeff preaching a sermon at one time where he, uh, he talked about, the truncated gospel, right? That 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 the gospel isn't just about salvation, right? As as um, you know, God's kingdom is going forth, right? His, his his people are doing what they're called to do. They're going out into into um, into the world and sharing the gospel. You should ultimately see change in every aspect of of society because the gospel is being brought forth and and. Lights being, you know, shine, shined on darkness, and it, you would start to see that affect every sphere of, of influence. Right. And so, you know, going through that, hearing, hearing that in the preaching, hearing that in, in the sermon Sunday after Sunday, studying God's Word and totally getting the grasp of that really began to change our view, you know. Um, and, and through this church, you know, as, as our, our elders started to lead more in that effort, um, yourself, uh, um, yourself, and others um, in the church started going out and speaking out to the to the magistrates and mm-hmm. and starting to see that progression. Right, we're moving from, uh, you know, or, or I shouldn't say moving from, but but uh, you know, at, at the same time, moving in different aspects of that. Still going to the abortion mill, but but taking the next steps in those efforts. Mm-hmm. And then we started getting involved in, you know, the. Uh, the faculty classes with with um, brother brother Zach and and you know understanding Christians' involvement in the political front mm-hmm. and what does that look like and 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 what is what does politics mean to a Christian and should we just sit back and and vote Republican and vote pro life and that's all our duty is and for the longest time I I, I truly thought that that's all we can do you know and, and it seemed powerless right you know you're kind of you're going through all the candidates you're looking at who they are you're 
you're researching them, you're trying to understand who's the, the pro-life, who's the more, you know, in line with, with, with our values, with, with, with the word of God. And, you know, you're making a kind of a best guess judgment call there right. that this person is going to do that. But then, you know, as you get further in that process and we can't expect, you know, unbelieving, not that every politician's, you know, uh, you know, not saved or not a Christian, but you can't expect um, those who are dead in their sin to uphold God's law in that realm, right? right? You course. can't, you can't yeah, expect exactly. them to do that. How can we expect God honoring legislation to go forth when, um, you know, a lot of politicians are God-hating people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and what does that look like? And so um, just tremendously blessed through that. And, and God began to really lay upon my heart through all of this, through his word, through the leadership, through these classes we've been to, um, that we, we have to get involved. We have to get involved. And, and even, you know, the, the, the most recent events here in, in our own state as we put forth that bill of abolition this year, as that bill of abolition got, got put forth in the state. And, and just seeing that process carry out, oh, man, it just had such an effect on me, mm-hmm. you know, that here we are putting, putting the bill of abolition forward, but it didn't go anywhere at all, zero. Didn't even, had no momentum at all. Um, and it, that it was the pro-life uh, Republicans that, that killed ultimately it. killed the bill. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you look at that and you're just, you know, it really just, it's like, how, how, can, how, can, how can we, uh, uh, you know, um, influence this more as Christians? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you're going through all that, that process of God really just bringing uh, light to darkness and really enlightening you to the political realm and how we could be involved. So what do you think was the catalyst for what you're doing now? I know we went to man camp and that was pretty huge. Yeah, again, uh, yeah, that was huge. That, that was probably the, the, the biggest turning point because I had been already processing this for a really long time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and especially once we started getting more involved in, in the classes and understanding and educating ourselves and, and reading God's word more in, in this aspect and understanding uh, what it means for a Christian to be involved, I was I was conv- convicted to do that. Like, I, I need to step out more to, 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 you know, in this realm. But I was counting the cost of doing it, but being sinful in that I didn't want to give up comfort, really what it boiled down to, you know, that I knew that this was going to be a major sacrifice to do this. Yeah. Well, maybe um, we should just tell them now, like what it is yeah. <laughs> that you were going to do. Um, yeah. So I am running for, for state house representative in my legislative district. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've, we've started that process. We're you know, got pretty much everything done that we could up to this point. Um, from from now until the end of the year, it's it's really just campaign fundraising, um, and then things start picking up and getting really busy the first of the year because that's when um, signatures are required to get onto the ballot. Um, a lot more paperwork and and filings need to be done at the state level, uh, and then we go right into campaigning because we've got. Um, the primary uh, elections in, in August, and then followed by the general election. November. Okay, cool. And so I wanted so, to go backwards a little bit to yeah, where you sure. were. I just wanted everybody to know that he's running for state representative, right. House representative, uh, to be a state legislator to affect political change right. and Absolutely. get bills in to, you know, say baby. So anyway, but I think people are really curious about kind of the process of like what you were talking mm-hmm. about. You know, God wanted you to get into a place of a political position, political leadership. 
and just kind of, you know, go into what you were thinking and how that kind of process played out, like the things that you were thinking about and warring against and, and how you came to the firm conclusion and kind of just, you know, pulled the trigger on everything. Yeah. I mean, again, this, all this leading up to, to this point, this year was that, that tipping point of all of that, um, going up to, to the man camp. And again, hearing our brother, Zach Lautenschlager's uh, speak up there was just phenomenal, a uh, 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 message that he gave. And I just remember walking out of that and I, everybody was hopping in the car to go back to, to the, the cabins. But I, I was like, I got to just walk this out. And I hopped on the phone and immediately called Tez and I go, we got to talk when I get home. I can't remember exactly what I said, but something of that nature. And I go, you know, I, I think I, I really feel that this, this is something that we need to do, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and so, uh, and we did, we came home and it was a process still, you know, I had, a, we prayed, we, we, we sought counsel from our elders. You know, we went through a, a pretty in-depth, um, just kind of assessment, right. Of counting that right. cost of what does this look like to our family? What, what, how is this going to change our, our, our family dynamic and understanding that it will understanding that, you know, we are going to face a lot of attack. Um, our lives are going to be completely changed in a lot of ways and, and obviously going to affect my, my family and kids too. Right. And, and, uh, should Lord willing, we, we make it through that process and we're actually, um, you know, in office, then, you know, it's going to look tremendously different than, than what our life does now. And that was really kind of where I was wrestling, you know, I, I didn't, I was, I was afraid to take that step, mm-hmm. right? It, it's counting that cost. And to me, I was just struggling with that, like, and I'm being sinful, right? You know, as, as, as uh, James 4 uh, says, you know, that um, those who, who know the right thing to do, but fail to do it, um, that for them, for him, it is sin. Yeah. And, and that's where it's just like, if I am not stepping out, right, God is confirming this all the way through this process in multiple ways, through his word, through the preaching of, 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 of the word, through, through uh, you know, discussions with, with godly men and, and understanding, like through the conviction of, of the Holy Spirit of where I feel he's, he's leading me and our family. If I weren't to do this, I'd be in sin. Mm-hmm. And so, and finally, it just, you know, after praying, I woke up one morning and I just was at, at complete peace with it. You know, there's still unknowns, right? I've never done this before. This is brand new. This was not on my radar and never, ever thought I would be involved in the political realm at all. Um, but God, right? Yeah. God had different plan for me. So yeah. here we are and, and we're moving forward in that process and we all just right. got to be. So you got questions. Go sure. Ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just, just that we got to be faithful in, in trusting him, you know, and, yeah. and, and stepping out in faith. And even though we can't see that in line, right? Whatever that may be. Um, cause I've thought too, you know, we get into this process, we go through all of this and what if, what if, what if I don't get voted in? Right. Yeah. There's a possibility of that, right? Should, should that be a reason why I don't step out in faith? No, God is sovereign. I, Cause what I'm trying to do in that process is I'm trying to, I'm trying to connect the dots. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, connect the dots when God is the sovereign one, not me. Yeah. He's calling me to be faithful, to step out um, he's going to take care of everything. I don't have to, cause I'm a, inter, you know, as a, my own personality, I'm a planner. I, mm-hmm. I plan, you know, like I, I, my current job, I'm, I'm traveling and planning and, 
when I when I'm traveling, it's like I've got literally an hour by hour itinerary. Like mm-hmm. this is where I'm going to go. I'm I got three days in this state. I need to visit this many locations. Mm-hmm. I'm just boom 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 boom. Like I don't like surprises. I don't like unknown. Right. And so, but where it's sinful f- for me is is when when I've made that an idol of comfort and 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 when God's calling us to be faithful to step out and we we don't know. He's not given us all step A, B, C, D, E. Right. You know, his, he's sovereign and all that. He's got his plan laid out. Um, and then just, you know, not doing that is, is, is sin. Right, exactly. So Braveheart illustration. Go want to hear it? it? Yeah. Remember the, the beginning of Braveheart? So um, Henry the Longshanks was the king of England at that mm-hmm. time. And he was like inviting the Scotland... Uh, sorry, the Scottish nobles and peasants, he would like bring him. He'd say, hey, come on, let's go ahead and uh, come into, um, you know, a place where they would meet and kind of discuss truce and what he wanted to do. But he ended up just killing them all. So he would bring all these people in like a home and hang them all and stuff. And so the, the Scottish people are like, look at this is outrageous. Yeah. I mean, he was in, enacting laws to where his high ranking English soldiers could have sex with a bride on the day of her wedding, a Scottish bride before her husband. Mm. Can you imagine the wickedness of that? So a lot of the, of course, Scotland at the time, and um, you know William Wallace's dad was a huge part of the dis- the resistance against that. And I remember, if you guys remember, at the beginning of that movie, you know he's meeting with all of his buddies, and uh, one of the men rise up and say, "This is an impossible task." He's saying, look, we don't, how could, you know, they've got, they've got chariots and unarmed horseback. This is like impossible to ask. I like, you know, William Wallace's dad in that uh, scene says, we don't have to beat them. We just have to fight them. So going coinciding with what you're saying is we don't know the outcome, but we have to fight. Yeah. We have to fight regardless of what God's going to do and his sovereignty. If he's going to hand this nation over to uh, continued depravity and, you know, we don't know when this bloodshed's going to be put to rest and put under the feet of Jesus, but we have to fight on yeah. all battlefronts all the time until our dying day. Because one thing I want to, and another brave heart illustration. <laughs> remember when, uh, remember, I always say member, remember when, um, you know, just, I can't remember who it is, but it's William Wallace's, you know, he's got like his gang of like ultra elite warriors and there's yeah. the old guy yeah. and he gets shot, you know, at the battle of, um, Dunkirk or something like that. I think it was. And an arrow goes into him. He's dying, and his son is right next to him. And uh, he's saying, "Leave me alone, boy. I'm going to die." And his son says, "No, you're not going to die. You're going to live." And he says, "I'm. I've lived to be a happy man. I've lived to see you become the man that you are. I die a happy man." And he's dead. And he's happy, like laying on this field where they got defeated because. He's in the fight yeah. and he's dying fighting. He's happy and full of joy because he went down doing no that which he knows is right. And that's got to be our spirit. Yeah. Right. We can't be results oriented. We can't be if only if we can get to this or if only can we see we can see this much fruit in this fight, then we'll continue. It's like, no, put that all aside. Yeah. The right yeah. thing to do is fight against or, the evil. Or see exactly how it's all going to play out. Like as you were talking, I was thinking about Psalm 119.5. You know, your word is a light, a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. And I've heard this illustration before. Like if you're walking in the dark and you've got like a lamp, like a lantern, to to light up your path right you're Mm -hmm. gonna just see like your feet you're not gonna see all the way down you're gonna see the next step in front of you right and so in faith god 
calls his people always to walk in faith. You know, yeah. there's so many times in our life where we think we know what's going to happen too, and it's completely different. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because if God illuminated the whole path and not just right before you, we'd be like, nope, I'm not going to do it because he leads us in directions. <laughs> hard, you know, if you places. knew the path ahead of you in the realm that you're about to be involved with, Lord willing, you know, hopefully you win the primaries and, and go all the way through. Yeah. I don't think you do it, but yeah. it's it's saying, hey, you just take it a step at a time, a day at a time, and trust in me, and I'm going to lead you into difficulty, but it's going to all be worth it in the end. Yeah. But, right. So let's get into... Well, one more thing. Oh, I just liked, you know, he had said something to me in the beginning of, you know, if I don't make it, and that would be for God's glory too, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all this time to learn all this information, and perhaps I'll pour it into another man that will we'll do it oh, you know yeah. that is going to be the greatest so it's a win-win yeah. you know if he gets voted into office win if he doesn't win because he's gained this knowledge that he could bless somebody else with or multiple people so um yeah no absolutely yeah. it is a win-win yeah regardless of how far you go yeah because uh we just need to be salt and light and that equates to in this realm getting men and women in positions of political service. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, I right. hate saying positions of political power, right. but in positions of political leadership right. in the Senate, in the House, at the state level, of course, I think that should be the primary well, wasn't focus jo- and the Fed, federal level. Joseph yeah. was in a p- position of power, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So was Nehemiah. Yeah. You know, so it was all sorts of people. So, yeah. Right. And that's, I guess, we can get into that, too. Um you know, all these different reasons why Christians should say, oh, I shouldn't be involved with politics. But before we get into that, so you're just going to be a career politician. What, what's your motive in this? What do you want to accomplish? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, if the Lord, you know, if we, if we move forward in that process and, and the Lord calls me to continue in, in that seat, you know, if I'm to, to be elected and, and to move forward and we come up on re-election if he's calling me to do that. Of course, of course, I'll be faithful to step out on that. But I'm not stepping into this for a career change. Mm-hmm. Again, this was not on my radar. This was this is something God I just has called me to do and and and, and I, I've st- I'm stepping out to do it in order to um, bring God honor legislation to this state. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to see, we need I, I was encouraged by by the conference, the OSA conference uh, that we've been watching. We were sick at home for most of that week, but we caught a lot of it online. And just hearing those numbers, right? And, and Pastor Jeff and yourself and, and Pastor Lucas shared that since since EAN started and, you know, how many churches are involved in the fight. And, you know, um, I remember when that first kind of started, I don't think we were mo- we were here yet. We had moved here yet. But, you know, just hearing, hearing that, how God is moving on that. And again, it's not about numbers, but just it's encouraging to see God work in that all these churches have come aboard, and now we've got what seven hundred total, or something like that, um, where, where the Lord is is used at. And again, like this is on on one front, right? We're at the bat, we're at the the battle line of the abortion mill. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to start seeing the other battlefront of legislation start to come up. We need right. more. How how cool would it be at the next conference, the next EAN conference, the next OSA conference that, hey, you know, we've, we've got 800 churches on board now fighting at the mill, saving babies, but we've got 50 God-fearing men who love the Lord and want be- want babies to be rescued mm-hmm. are running for state office. Right. Mm-hmm. Talk about taking dominion back mm-hmm. in that realm, right? That number's got to go up. We mm. got to have men to stand up and to get into the fight. And even if you're not being called to be 
a, you know, to a state seat or an office in, in, uh, in politics, get in the fight somehow. Mm-hmm. Know your legislators, like, like uh, Brother Zach was saying, get to know your legislators. Who's the legislator in your district? Mm-hmm. Are you confronting them? Are you getting more involved there? Don't just circle the Republican oval on the ballot and call it a day. That's not, that's not gaining ground for Christ. Right. Um, we have to get into the fight. And so ultimately to bring God-honoring legislation, right? And, and abortion being uh, uh, the, the, the biggest issue facing this nation, this world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many other things, right? So many other things are under attack all the time. Um, you know, our, our freedom of speech, Second Amendment rights, you know, those are constantly being uh, bombarded from the federal level and state level. And, um, you know, we're, we're seeing socialism work its way into our school systems and into the government. Um, small, small businesses have been, act, you know, completely shattered last year for the overreach of government has, mm-hmm. has just has devastated small business. I mean, so many areas we can be speaking into that we can be shining yeah. the light of Christ into, um, in, in, you know, including abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to be uh, uh, faithful in doing that. And I just, uh, one of my, pr- my prayers is just, Lord, bring more men. Yeah, I yeah. was just bring thinking that. to stand up and, and get into the fight. Yeah, as yeah. you were talking, I'm thinking like, you know, our culture just feminizes men to the point of where they're just useless. And we just need more men to play the part of men, right? To step up, to protect, True to that. lead. You yeah. know, we need Christian men to play the part of Christian men. Exactly That's what right. our society desperately needs. So Yeah. So maybe two questions. I know we're running kind of long, uh, but two questions. What's the use? You know, Jesus is going to come back tomorrow. Well, you know, why do it? Aren't we just rearranging, you know, the uh, furniture on the Titanic? It, you know, it, I, I think maybe shouldn't we just stay within the four walls and preach the gospel and really worry about the church? Or, I mean, what's what's really the use of all this? Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, that's not what the biblical example has been set by the apostles to go out, you know, as we as we think upon, you know, the Great Commission for us to go out into all the world. And, and you know, we, we're not, again, we're not going to see change unless God-honoring men are bringing God-honoring legislation forward. Right. It's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, sinners aren't, aren't mm-hmm. going to uh, care about upholding God's law in that realm. Right. They're not. They're gonna they're gonna fight against it and do everything they can to put to put legislation that that we can see is completely taking our our, our nation into a, a down have has been for for decades uh, taking our nation into a continued downward spiral you know so um, we have no choice but to do it and ultimately right God's God's victorious he's he's you know already already declared victory and all of that. And, but we got to understand too; it's not just about the here and now. It is a generational issue. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we setting up for our children? You know, talk about influence in, in the family, and what is, what are we doing as as men to 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 shape our children, to show them what this means? Right? We we take them out to to share the gospel. They come with us to the mill. They come with us to, you know, out into the public square to share the gospel. But do they know? Do they know what this means from from a political standpoint? Mm-hmm. Do they do they understand God's design for government? As uh, you know, one of the books that that we're reading through, you know, um, the the, less, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, and and understanding that 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 God uh, demands, um, you know, these government spheres to to uh, He's given them the authority. And that we have to call into, we have to speak into that, mm-hmm. and 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 bring that back to light because 
you know, that's not, that's not the, the mindset of the people right now. You know, it's exactly. a matter of statism where they just want to lay low, not do anything, um, you know, be, live in their comfort, let the state take care of them. Yeah. You know, they, they love, the we, you know, men God. love, the state mm-hmm. becomes God and men love their comfort. Their subjugation. And, and, and their comfort subjugation. The expensive to that. subjugation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so the answer would be absolutely not. We got to get out there. Yeah, absolutely. Fight. You know, and, uh, we do it ultimately. I think we get into that place as a political leadership because we want to honor God and glorify Him, mm-hmm. and uh, we hate to see His name being drugged mm-hmm. through the mud. Through the, I mean, ultimately through the um, the slaughter of babies, we primarily want to see that ended so He can um, be honored and His name can't be, you know, shouldn't be besmirched. We should do everything that we can to glorify Him. But you think about it too. Secondarily, we do it because we love our neighbor. I was just going to say that, and most yeah. importantly. You know, I love my kids. We have a lot of invested inside of this nation and in yeah. our future. I mean, I've got seven kids. You've mm-hmm. got three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, this is going to be the land where our kids live if mm-hmm. they don't have to move, which Christians have done all throughout church history. They've had to bail just because it had become so dangerous and so volatile and tumultuous for them to yeah. live in it. I mean, that's happened all throughout, you know, mm-hmm. uh, French history, Scottish history, all throughout church history. It mm-hmm. happens. Hopefully it doesn't happen to happen for our kids. But man, I want to put Christians in places of political leadership to affect political change because I, I care about my children. Right. I care about my, my posterity. I was thinking yesterday so heavily about this, like, you know, when my sons are adults and what kind of, what's the nation going to be like when they are having to live and fight and, and uh, try to make money and try to provide for their homes. So how yeah. could I not get involved in this for their sake? And not right. only the sake of your family, but for everybody else. Right. How could we not do it? Yeah. It's just, it's not conceptually hard to, to wrap your mind around right. those things. Yeah. I think you have to have the spirit of God to give you this enlightenment, but it's so easy. I mean, we want to, we want righteousness to pervade the land. The Bible says when the wicked rule, the people groan. Yeah. That, um, you know, a nation is built upon righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's got to be the foundations of a nation for it mm-hmm. to be a blessed nation, for our kids to have a blessed life. Right. Because they won't, you know. So that's ultimately why uh, we need to do this. Okay, just real quick. Um, how can people help you? What can we do? Uh, again, we're we're in, in campaign fundraising mode and... Um, our website is up. It's maze, M-A-E-S, the number four, A-Z.com. Um, pray for us. Pray, pray, pray. This is, again, it's a it's a, a long process. We've got a long road ahead of us. Um, it's only going to get more uh, intense mm-hmm. as we move into the new year. And, and just, just, and just, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be good just to pray and, 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 you know, if you're able to support and, and want to support the campaign, that that's great too. But you know, we, we definitely need your prayers and yeah. share, maybe share, and share the site, share and, share the yeah. site. If you know any, you know, like-minded brothers and sisters in Christ who'd be willing to to support these efforts, and um, you know, maybe aren't able to to step into the office themselves, but want to want to support others who are doing so. Um, that you know we would we would be honored to have have that support right so you need prayer and you do need money because it costs money to do a campaign it does um it does. so you yeah. go to maze for az.com m-a-e-s for the number the, four the number four az.com m-a-e-s the number four az.com so you're going to go there and please financially give to this effort lastly so you're saying okay I want to get involved politically. I want to. I want to affect change. What you can do, and and Don, uh, future representative Don, <laughs> um, 
what you can Poor do. What guy. He, He's got to put up with me. And then <laughs> yeah, what he, what he alluded to and what he had referred to was a class called, or actually an organization called the Foundation of Applied Conservative Leadership. Mm-hmm. We call it FACL for short. Um, so you can go there and they're going to give you political classes that are second to none. So you can educate yourself on what what's politics. How does that whole system work? How can we go about it strategically and methodologically mm-hmm. the best way we can to affect change? Yeah. Because we kind of think like you would you would um, so appropriately alluded to. Oh, we just vote Republican. We just vote pro-life. And then I can say, well, I did my political service which is crazy that's not the way you affect political change so that class there is going to help you you can also contact zach lautenschlager and he is an incredible brother and he's been in politics for 26 years 25 26 years entire adult life and yeah god has used him in that too yeah exactly still using him instrumentally to teach us and to equip us to be politically active so if you want to get contacted with him message us and we can do that too we we need you on not only the battlefront like don had spoken about in front of the mills saving babies, but we have to be politically active. We've got to do it. We got to get you Christian brothers and you Christian sisters in those places at the state level and at the federal level. We got to start at the state level first. That's what we have to do. That's the priority. Um, And then we move on from there. So, and just being educated about everything, uh, you know, about politics and about government and teaching our kids, you know, because I feel like it's something that a lot of Christians aren't educated in. Yeah. Myself included. You yeah. know, I that's well, a whole other podcast, Two Kingdom Theology. Right. Um, you know, it's that's the earthly mm-hmm. and we're only supposed to be focused on the spiritual. I don't want to get too far into the weeds into that. But yeah, yeah we have to be able to be educated put those and... theological systems and ideological systems that are handicapping us from doing what God has called mm-hmm. us to do. We mm-hmm. have to be able to put those aside so that we can be the salt and the light. Because, guys, if we don't do it, you think it's worse now? It ain't. This ain't nothing yeah. compared to what it can get right. to. So let's let's get out there. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do it. We're praying for you. We're praying that God, through this, like God used so many Christian brothers as a catalyst for your involvement, we pray right. hopefully this would be a catalyst for your involvement. So if you want help, give us a message. We can point you to the right people. Right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Did a Thanks, great guys. job. I love yeah. you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> It'll be a wild ride. Hey, I got a another corny political joke. You want to hear it? Sure. Okay. Um, did you hear that McDonald's has a, a Biden value meal? What is that? <laughs> you pay, or no, dang it, I missed it. Just do it again. <laughs> you get whatever you want, and the guy behind you pays for it. Zinger. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my thing. I'm just going to do corny jokes every time. Just do it. I enjoy yeah. it so much. So. All right, guys. Thank you, Don, for coming on. Thank we love you. you. We're thank praying you. for you. Thank you guys, you guys so much thank for tuning in to this uh, uh, family integrated podcast mm-hmm. where we breastfeed and do corny jokes <laughs> oh, and I spill our drinks. Yeah, I don't breastfeed. <laughs> that would be a problem. But hey, we love you. Um, uh, if, if this is somehow beneficial to you, glorifies God, and uh, you think it'd be helpful, please support us. You can do that by? Um, you can go to our podcasts uh itunes wherever you get your podcasts give us a like and review we really need that it seems like we're getting a little bit more but um the when you do that you know it just expands our reach so thank you guys that i can't even talk thank you for those of you have done that but if you haven't please do that go to our instagram account go to our facebook and share 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 yeah go to youtube too watch us yeah share those puppies yeah all right guys god bless you we'll see you next time bye